and talking to our friends. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Hellboy Book Club. My name is John Salinas, and I'm here with... Aubrey Loveless. I'm Danielle. And I'm Matt Schreckbein. Hey, hey, we're back, everybody. We're back. We're doing all right. Yeah, so back. this week we're doing our Oops All Friendship episode. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while. We had banked some episodes, and so I think you guys have been enjoying those episodes where we discuss those two Johan stories and also End of Days Part 1 and 2. So we have a lot of listener feedback to catch up on all those stories. And the, yeah. the, the weird thing is that I want to mention is we didn't know that any of this stuff was going to happen. No, yeah. We, Not a clue. We, we recorded a double episode because I wanted to take spring break off to be with my niece and nephew. And then Aubrey had plans the following week that he was going to do. So we had totally pre-planned that. We had no idea. So then to have those episodes banked and then to be releasing episodes called End of Days, yeah. part one and two. <laughs> Sorry about While that. all this stuff was going on was just kind of, I was just kind of like, oh, I wish we had something else that we had prepared but anyway um it seems like everybody's been enjoying those episodes and we'll probably still get some more listener feedback on those episodes because we're recording this a little early in the week it's only friday right now so we'll still get some more feedback over the weekend but we just wanted to catch up on all of that and also just touch base with all of you guys and make sure everyone's doing all right you know we've been all right we've been here pretty much um, holed up at our house. Luckily, I'm able to work from home, so I'm still getting paid, and we're not really worried about our bills, and like we have everything that we need here, so we're doing all right. Are you doing all right over there, Aubrey? We're doing all right. We're making do, um, taking it day by day. And what about you, Matt? Oh, yeah, doing fine. I I can't complain. I mean, been working from home for years, and I was just sick of it, so I got a job. (laughs) Two months in, working from home again. Yeah, yeah. People have it way worse than I do, that's for sure. So consider me A-OK. Yeah. Yeah. Every time I I think about all that I'm losing out on and and missing out on and all the things that I'm bummed out about or all the things that I'm feeling frustrated or depressed about, I just think, like, I am grateful for what I do have and I am grateful that it's not much worse and it could be much worse. And I think about all the people who are being affected by this in horrific ways losing loved ones and all that and then i I stop myself and i think no i just better to be grateful yeah you know i think that's where we're all at right now i think it's really weird to be in a place where running out of toilet paper is still like a luxury problem right yeah (laughs) that's so true yeah you know i mean usually that's like in you know a problem not so much you can make do yes good point and i also want to reach out to you guys like we don't have the hugest audience, but we have people out there like if you need help or if you yeah. have something going on, you know, recently one of our good friends uh, and book club members was like selling some of his awesome Hellboy related art to pay for medical expenses. And I said, hey, I, said, I just sent him a private message and I said, hey, man, you know, next time you're going to have to do something like that, like let us know and maybe we can raise some money for you or maybe we can do something for you. Or at least shine some attention on yeah. like, if you've got a PayPal fund going or if you've got like a, a GoFundMe right. happening or something you know you know i'm not i'm not guaranteeing that Share we'd be it. able to help you out but like if you do need help like let us know and we'll try and reach out and see what we can do you know and stuff like that so all we've got is each other yeah and, you know, really we got to support each other communities have to help each other and and you have to you know all that 
And I also wanted to mention, I was talking to Mark Tweedell, too, and he's doing all right where he's at. He was on those last two episodes. Thanks again, Mark, for helping us out. That was a great discussion. He said, yeah, it was. He said, I'm, I'm going slightly stir-crazy. By the way, you can tell Danielle that my friends got me a tomato medley for my birthday. Oh. Remember? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Do they hate you? <laughs> yeah, so I'm glad to hear from Mark. And... I also was talking to Ross Radke. You know, we wa- I want to mention his Kickstarter. He's at ninety percent funded. I think at That's the time great. of this recording, so yeah. you got to go check that out and and help him out. There's a couple other book club members who have contributed. Taylor Dodderman said that he had to go for one of the pages. So Taylor Dodderman did the reward level where he's actually going to get one of Ross's pages. And there are so many cool rewards on there. There's even, I think Ross has added some more affordable ones where you can get like a digital painting of a kaiju and stuff like that. And so, you know, check that out. So that way he can make his comic book dream come true. I really want to check that thing out. So I'm so excited for Ross and let's get this thing fully funded. I'm in that comic. It's awesome. I have a two-page backup story in there. I'm pretty sure he described it on the Kickstarter page. I'd have to look. I hope I'm not spoiling it. Ross asked me to do a spoof on the old duck and cover. Uh, yes. PSA, right? That That's old great. film from, oh, you know, the old black and white film. So we did one, and it was so fun working with him on it. We talked about it a lot. Uh, we had a lot of back and forth, and every time we'd, like, throw ideas around, it just got, like, more and more interesting. Mm-hmm. But ours is called Run and Hide. That's awesome. Not, nice. Duck and Cover. And it's it's pretty much just me having, like, a lot of fun for two pages. <laughs> Seems to be what I'm good at. Yeah, I dropped in. I uh, dropped in on that. Pay for the uh, Get Yourself in the Comic level. Oh, wow, cool. Nice. Yeah, so did I. I also did that, too. And Drew Campbell asked, are you going to be wearing your Abe sweater? Ah. (laughs) That's totally up to Ross. I guess he could put me in that Abe sweater if he wants. That would be great. (laughs) That would be awesome. And I also want to thank Jesper Duffy. He was the giveaway winner from our Funko giveaway. Yeah. Hey, congratulations. Yeah, and so he got those in the mail. And I also want to give him a shout out because he made a Hellboy Book Club podcast shirt in his Animal Crossing game. (laughs) I thought that was was so cool. That was awesome. (laughs) Oh, that made me so excited. So, yeah, everyone's playing Animal Crossing right now. So, yeah, thank you so much, Jesper, for doing that. I also wanted to shout out our good friend Albert Chessa. Over in Australia, he put together a list of everything that's canon in the Mignolaverse. It's linked to the Hellboy wiki page, and it's sourced from there. Albert said, the reason why I did this was to strip away all the overwhelming issue-by-issue table entries and just still what had actually been written and what counts as a start-to-finish canon story, even if it's just one page. It's for my own reference, peace of mind, inner completionist. If those strict criteria are applied, the canon Mignolaverse currently has 218 complete stories across 26 years. And of course, you have my permission to share it. 
Yeah, so thank you so much, Albert. So I have put that up on our Facebook page if you want to go check that out. Um, I like how our Facebook page is becoming like a little hub of all these different resources from all the fans chipping in and everything. So, yeah, if you want to go check that out, I put it under our About section where you can find Adam Hicks Chronology, Ryan Yule's Collection, The Reading Order, our Discord, and any other podcast links that you're interested in. So thank you so much, Albert. He actually sent me that a while back. And I just forgot to include it on our last episode. And then it's been like so many weeks since we've recorded. So I really want to give a shout out to Albert. At the time, he said he was recovering from knee surgery. So hopefully your knee has healed up and you're feeling good, even though you maybe can't leave your house. But it's all right. You know, thank you so much, Albert. And go check that out on our Facebook page. Now we're going to go on to our listener feedback. Get out, trades and floppies. Get out hardback copies digital is fine read along in time Get we had some feedback on bprd hell on earth nowhere nothing never when we read that story we talked about those pages where snybeer drew johan like releasing himself from the Russian suit where he pulls out that little tool and he lets all the yeah. ectoplasm out and it's just like these silent, really dramatic four pages. Oh, er- yeah, that was beautiful. And Erstelium said, I read this part while listening to Gottingen by Barbara, 1967 version in German, and tried not to cry. Spoilers, I cried. Aww. Yeah, Aww. so I'll cut a little piece of that musical selection into here. <laughs> Regarding Johan's scrapbook, so they showed that a couple times during that story from BPRD The Dead. Zojo Tax on Instagram asked, Is that one crawling thing labeled? Still unexplained? So mysterious. Such creepy. I don't know if you remember in that scrapbook, basically everything on there has been revealed as what it is. But there's this one picture where this thing's crawling out of a hole in the ground and it says Malines? Question mark. And, like, that's never been... Has that ever been revealed, Matt? I'm not totally caught up on everything. Do you know what I'm talking about? Um, okay, I, I don't think so. But every time I think about that, and I've yet to go reference it, because I guess I forget right away, but it was, like, the second... Uh, it was one of the early Hellboy and the BPRDs. Oh, uh, okay. I, I want to say, like, 50s, maybe. They didn't do anything there, did they? I don't, I don't want to ruin it if you guys haven't read it. The early Hellboy and the BPRD, you guys have... We've done that, right? We only did the first one so far. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I'm not totally caught up on that series, to be honest, but I'm planning on doing that right now. Yeah, but let us know, listeners, if they've actually revealed what that is. Regarding Enos' death, Lobster20,000 said, Such a great, uncomfortable scene. I really admire how abruptly and unceremoniously Enos was killed off. He was a great character. But that's how death is. Not everyone gets to finish their story arc. He was kind of unceremoniously killed off. And in a very graphic way. I mean, they literally showed his body coming apart. But 
that that is the reality of things and that's one of the things that this series uh that we've really praised it over is just how they deal with a lot of those things in a realistic way even though it is a fictional superhero you could say or whatever kind of comic jorge quiros 9177 responded to his comment and said this scene really struck a chord with me when i was reading it you could almost feel like the other soldiers were feeling yeah how they all started to kind of you know especially nichols got very upset after all of that jason abdon said i feel like johan doesn't get enough respect we need a new series called johan kraus and the bprd and maybe that red guy (laughs) (laughs) and he said he said it just dawned on me johan never met hellboy yeah he hasn't met him yet and i think that was one of the first things like when he first shows up and he's talking to kate he's like when do i get to meet hellboy isn't there a scene like that or something Anyway, yeah, he he definitely does ask about Hellboy when he first shows up. Yeah, it's also kind of weird because um, he and Hellboy were um, in the second Hellboy movie together. Oh right, yeah, I was just watching that recently. People probably came came watching that movie expecting to see them together, and it never happened. Yeah, yeah, that's so interesting. You know, I, I had that movie on the other day, and I was like, "This is really cool." It was it it was great. There's a scene. I'm sure everyone who listens to the show has seen it. But they're all entering, I don't know, whatever, that final battle arena where they're going to fight. They all walk in. It's Liz, Hellboy, Abe, and Johan, all four of them together. And I'm just like, yes, when they show that scene, it's so great. Anyway, I love that. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That was great. One of my favorite lines from Hollow Earth is when Johan's, like, asking Roger and Abe about Hellboy and, like, their friendship. And there's just a moment where he's like, so he was a good friend. Yeah. You know, and I always that that always stuck with me because like he got like a definite impression of Hellboy from those two guys. And yeah. it made you think it made you think, oh, cool. He'll be friends with Hellboy one day, too. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That is a really good moment. Yeah, I'd forgotten about that. Some feedback on modern Prometheus. Nicholas Orizaga said, Spencer, Kansas is 385 miles from the Colorado state line. Whereabout would you put the BPRD headquarters? I think that's an awfully long distance for Johan to be traveling without a body or containment unit. And then he says, Kate told Panya there are 20 miles outside of Boulder, Colorado. And I love this kind of comment because this is true book club, just nerdiness. I I used to do this all the time, get out a map and see how far King Vold had to fly or something like that. And so I went ahead and looked at this. Spencer, Kansas to Boulder is 568 miles. So if we give Johan the benefit of the doubt on those 20-mile difference, that's still like 548 miles. That's a long way to fly, yeah, without the containment suit. I didn't even think about that. You to really concentrate on what you're doing. Right, keep him, keeping himself together, right, or yeah. something? Wow. <laughs> okay, I- I, I did have a thought about that. Okay. You know, like the higher you fly up, the further you you can fly when you fly down. So it's like a so like if you fly like a arc up in this in this space and fly down, you can get to a farther distance faster than if you were to just fly straight ahead. Oh, way. okay. So, so maybe. Yeah, but like, what if you're non-corporeal <laughs> and yeah, you okay, don't so, have a physical? See, now that's the next form. question. How far can how far up can he go? Yeah. And take advantage of that. It does also does Johan know anything about this? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I bet he can also increase his 
density to make himself faster. Mm. But, so I was thinking about this stuff too. Not not um, well the distance. Like I was trying to figure out where in Colorado that headquarters would be if it was twenty miles away. And I was like, oh, I can figure this out, right? Well, not in the mountains unless you travel as the crow flies. Right. Oh, okay. So 20 miles from there, I think, would be Long's Peak. Long's Peak is Colorado's highest mountain. Okay. The best view of it is from Longmont, which is why they named it Longmont. Because it's the best view of Long's Peak. And I can see it from outside. You know, I can go outside and just be like, there it is. I don't know why it's never occurred to me before, but the BPRD headquarters is potentially visible from my yard. Yeah. Like, you could go up to Roger's grave. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. That is grim. Put some flowers down there. That's very mad appropriate. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's really cool. That's super cool. (laughs) So have you ever gone up to Long's Pink? It's like over 14,000 feet. Oh, okay. okay. You got to be really good. <laughs> right. But I have mean, you, you ever gone up there? <laughs> no. <laughs> Sorry, we're, um, we uh, we went ahead and we're enjoying our last beer in the beer set, the Hellboy beer oh, set. Right oh, right. yeah, yeah. We're We've... enjoying the, all the other ones have a content of uh, 6.66% and this one's got, they flipped it upside down. So it's got like 9.99%. Yeah. Oh, wow. So cool. we're kind of like. Woo! Yeah, we're Over enjoying here. that how today. Did, wait, how does it taste? Because I was curious about that one. You know what? It grew on me. Yeah, it did. Okay. It's 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 not as flavorful as the other well, ones. I don't really, I'm not really a person who drinks a lot of dark beers, so I, you know. What's well, a barley I one? I gotta get used to it. Well, yeah, there you go. So, yeah. You know. What about you guys? Are you guys enjoying any beverages today? I am enjoying a, a little mix of some gin and nice, some other stuff. Because nice. ah. um, I don't have to drive. Right, there you go. <laughs> Shout out to our Soberinos. Uh, we appreciate you, and great job being in recovery. And if you're not yet in recovery, we believe in you. We know you can get there. Yeah, and yeah. stick to it, and you're awesome. And Back j- to you, John. Yeah, and just just enjoy a very sugary drink. Or That'll a, give you a like lemon some, Yeah, <laughs> some uh, sugar craze. What about you, Matt? Are you enjoying anything over there? ale. Well, um, the one thing I have run out of is scotch. Uh, um, yeah. but I've been relying on, uh, large quantities of CBD, All right. um, which doesn't really do a whole lot for you in the way of like, you know, cocktail or something like right. that, but feel pretty mellow. There you go. All that, so it's working, but, um, yeah, I'm out of scotch and I'm running low on Miller High Life. So I'm going to have to make something happen. Miller. Oh we- man, <laughs> My- all the beers in the world and you're drinking Miller. Yeah. I don't think oh, we, I love I don't, come on. Come My dad on. loves some so Miller good. High Life. Yeah, Miller There's High Life so is pretty many good. Different yeah. delicious. Kathy's favorite beer is Miller Light. There's favorite. so many yeah, like delicious, all, amazing, different I'll beers. I'll drink anything, but I can't. That's what I buy. Oh, we're brewing beer. We're like, you know what? We might have to. There you, you go. Might just have to get there down and dirty here, so we got a batch going now. Wow. Okay. I thought about starting a new sourdough starter. I haven't, you know had a starter since i was like a like a kid and i thought i'm gonna start a new one up so i i went into my little th- uh, thing to look and because i couldn't remember like exactly step by step how to do and i just I, it, it all came back to me once i started rereading the instructions i was like oh it's so much 
it's so much effort and i just like <laughs> didn't do it and also there was no flour on the grocery store shelves which was really oh, yeah. scary we couldn't find i had flour. never That's seen right. that in my yeah, life wow so anyway wow. not to bring it down but yeah so uh the end of that story is i did not make a sourdough starter right but matt i'm interested what would you call your beer now i want to know would it be yeah, called the the, yeah. the longmont kid would it be called kill the black flame oh, what, that's good. what would it be called well i guess well, it depends on what kind of beer is it gonna be yeah is it a blonde ale is it a see yeah. the blonde ale could be the longmont kid because yeah. you're, you're a blonde uh, <laughs> a, a dark kind of dark guy. beer could be kill the black flame. there you go that could be a super dark beer it's we're doing a lager oh nice it's uh we live at Sunset, Sunset Circle. Aww. Okay. So we always say brewed at Sunset. Oh, and so yeah. That's whatever precious. the name is, we'll tag that on there too, you know. So we call it Colorado Snow Brewed, which just means that we chill the wart in the snow in Aww. the backyard. That's ah, so, I like that. Regarding modern Prometheus, Drew Campbell said the full title of Mary Shelley's Frankenstein is Frankenstein or the Modern Prometheus. And interestingly, the first right. issue of this story was published the same month as the last issue of Frankenstein Underground. I can't help but notice the parallel between the fragments of the sledgehammer suit being fused back together and brought to life by Vril Energy and Victor Frankenstein piecing body parts together and bringing them to life with a bolt of lightning. Of course, that's the movie version of Frankenstein. In the original novel, there's no lightning involved, but rather, per Wikipedia, Victor Frankenstein discovers a previously unknown but elemental principle of life, and that insight allows him to develop a method to imbue vitality into inanimate matter. Elemental principle of life sure sounds a lot like Vril to me. Yeah, wow, that was so cool. That's awesome. That was good. Frankenstein. Yeah, I I, <laughs> I can't believe I didn't think of that. Modern Prometheus. Yeah, and he also said the description of the creation of Victor Frankenstein's creature makes me think of Roger's origin story. I miss Roger. Oh yeah. Aww. Ditto. Me Man, too. wait till wait till Frankenstein Underground. Wow. Yeah, I can't wait till we get to that. I I wonder now how many people actually know about the theme song to Sonic Underground. I apologize Is that... for that. <laughs> it's all this barley wine. And Jerry Turnbull. Barley wine. Jerry Turnbull, Book Club member. He also chimed in on that comment. He said, in the first few chapters of the book, lightning is everywhere. Victor is constantly mentioning it. In real life, galvanism was becoming very popular. Just before Mary wrote the book, an experiment took place at Newgate Prison, inserting metal rods into a body of an executed criminal and trying to bring him back to life. And Jerry, he linked an article from the Smithsonian Library called The Body Electric. And in there described, Giovanni Aldini's most famous demonstration was on a recently hanged body of convict George Forster at the Royal College of Surgeons in London. The dramatic results shocked spectators, convincing some that they were witnessing a dead man come to life. So they did actually try stuff like that, which is crazy. Yeah, I didn't even man. know that. Like, so what yeah, the fuck. Drew Campbell. That is insane. And Drew Campbell also said, if Redding's connection with his friends is what allowed him to resist the Vril Eyes temptation for so long, 
I kind of worry about how Johan will handle it if the eyes start saying the same things to him, given his increasing isolation from a sense of humanity. Yeah, so we'll have to see how that turns out. And Jerry Turnbull also mentioned the Battle of Bastogne. That came up a couple times in Modern Prometheus. There's a Band of Brothers episode, episode 6. It shows the story of the Siege of Bastogne. Highly recommended, he says. Oh, man, Band of Brothers is great. I need to rewatch that. I know, I haven't seen it in forever, like probably since we worked at the video store. It's weird to say, but almost 20 years since I've seen that. Yeah, yeah, I'll have to check that out again. I don't remember that. And Jason Abaddon said... Jason Abaddon. Finally, yo... I remember. (laughs) (laughs) Finally, Johan goes Super Saiyan. This is Johan's fully grown up and realized as a character. He had a chance to make a difference so many times, as a medium and as an agent in the clones' bodies, and again as a more mature, if occasionally selfish, field agent. And after a lot of introspection, he's finally taken on the power, not for himself or to be the big hero, but to make a difference. It's almost the end of a long journey of character development for Johan, where he's had lots of struggles, but finally becomes the man he wanted to be. Yeah, I thought that was a great way of summing that up. Hell yeah. And the Barbara Yaga on Twitter That's said, such a great handle. This is where Johan completes his transformation into Ghost Robot from Venture Brothers. <laughs> I couldn't believe that. <laughs> I didn't I don't know if you guys watch Venture so Brothers, good. but Ghost Robot, he's like he also is a weatherman, right? But <laughs> he he looks like the sledgehammer armor. The best character he kind of looks like no, the sledgehammer yeah, armor except connection. he doesn't have the three eyes. So good. But I was just like, "Oh my god, how come we didn't think of that? He looks just like Ghost Robot." Anyway, it's hilarious. Ghost Robot's my fave. So he's he's yeah. actually a ghost in a robot, a robot suit. Yeah. It's so funny. Anyway, I, I love that. Thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, Venture Brothers. Awesome. He's a very minor character in Venture Brothers, but still hilarious if you catch that reference. We had some feedback on BPRD Hell on Earth End of Days Part 1. Clayton Schofield said, I gotta say that I have always loved your podcast, and now that we are at this part of the run, my heart skips a beat in anticipation of reading these issues again and hearing all your thoughts. I knew I would be excited when we reached this point, but holy shit. Given the current climate in which we're living in, your podcast is a much-needed ray of sunshine to find some peace of mind for a little while. Thank you for all you guys do. Yeah, that's why we're doing a friendship, you know, episode, of course. Yeah, of course. And I mean, that's one thing that's helped me through all of this. Like, I've been so surprised at how many people have reached out to me personally. You know, book club members that have just been like, hey, how are you doing? Are you guys doing all right? And all this kind of stuff. And it just feels really good to be part of this community, especially like during all this you know and we're all stuck at home but we can still talk to each other we can still communicate with each other so yeah you know send me a message i usually respond to all the messages that we get and aubrey responds too sometimes and you know um yeah you know reach out if you want to and people are always like oh what do you call a stupid dumb idiot a podcaster like there's so many people (laughs) who look down on podcasts as oh you get a podcast great i'd love to hear about it uh like but it's you know i don't feel like this is that i feel like this is we've and i don't give a shit you know if you're here with us writing in emails and facebook comments and listening and then then that 
means we're part of a community of of, of friends. We're, we're yeah. friends. We talk to each other on the fucking phone. Yeah. You know, we talk to each other over emails and text messages and Facebook messages and stuff. This is a, it's a little fucking, it's a little community. We have cultivated friendships and we have um, made connections. And I think that's really special. That's really cool. Yeah. And, it's, and it's good. It's objectively fucking good. It is. So, it is. Yeah. You know, I don't, you know, there's a lot of, you know, I'm blocking out the haters. <laughs> Back to you, John. Thanks. And Jerry Turnbull said, regarding the Australian drop bear. Ah, oh, they got me. I can't believe that. <laughs> I can't believe that. But no, that's, that's good shit. He said the drop bear is like our haggis. They are actually <laughs> real. We've just persuaded the world they're hoaxes. That way, they get to live in peace. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. I, there's something very special about being had and not even being in the fucking country yeah. and still still getting got. That's, there you go. And it's me all over. Uh, regarding those End of Days covers, Ryan Yule actually owns the cover to 136 by Lawrence Campbell. Oh, wow. That's the of one that Yeah, that's the one that has uh, <laughs> O'Donnell sitting on the back of the Ogdra Jahan. Yeah, man. It's very simple, but I love the idea of Professor O'Donnell riding on the back of one of the Ogdra Jihad, he says. It and is it, a simple cover, but it's still just so striking of an image. Yeah. yeah. And it's also like it gives you like, oh, we're going to get some O'Donnell, Ogdra Jihad, their link somehow or something. You know, just that teases all, uh, a whole great thing. He also said, it's so great to have both special guests, Matt and Mark, on the episode. Yeah, that, yeah, that was, awesome. was so cool. I'm so yeah, I was, was really I was really pleased with how those episodes came out once they were all edited and everything. So yeah, that was awesome. That was a podcast a thon. I don't know if everyone's <laughs> aware, but we were literally on the phone for like what, four hours or something like that. And it was already late into the Ooh, night by the, by the time that we were done. And so yeah, but those episodes came out great. I was very happy with that. Thank you guys. Who, who would have thought that when we went home that night, or you no, guys, I, know, yeah. call, I went home, that uh, we would never leave our house again? <laughs> <laughs> well, and that, that's what Seriously. makes it, I think that's what, you know, you were talking about, that's what makes it so special is that we're able to, we have, you know, we have the technology, we're able to connect with everybody in this way, oh, and yeah. so bringing it back up, everybody who's writing in saying oh thank you no thank you like this is yeah it's really special to be able to to still share all this even while this is especially while this is going on it, it really is this yeah. is what it matters yeah. most yeah. so that's we f we feel very grateful for y'all yes and so that's yeah so yeah we'll keep we're gonna keep doing this as long as we're able to yeah do. yeah of course of course west mattis said we keep getting closer and closer to the end everything seems to be moving so fast and slow at the same time super excited to be rereading end of days with you guys thank you wes oh Oh, yeah. And Jason Abaddon said, I don't smoke, but I really want a weed pipe version of the Ogdra Jihad prison with the mouthpiece being the broken oh, one. Oh, yeah. That would be dope. <laughs> that was so funny. That would be dope as hell. Or that's where you load it into. Uh, oh, man. That's on so the awesome. Because that's where you load it, and then the other side, you just have like a little hole in one of them. Okay, yeah. There you go. That would be dope. <laughs> I actually know a glass blower. He's very, very skilled. I might try and show him a picture of that, see if he can pull it off. Rescue Whiskey Cavalier on Instagram said, Nunjahad is based on the ancient deity of the abyss mixed with Lovecraft and Kaiju Dinosaur. 
Yeah, so I know we had talked about some of the other names of the Ogdra Jihad. Nurgal Jihad, that's, that has a reference. So I guess the Nun Jihad is kind of a reference too. So thank you for that. When I mentioned that New York coastline octopus whale tentacle monster thing that we previously saw in Lake of Fire, I posted like a comparison of Tyler Crook's version and Lawrence Campbell's version on Twitter. And Lawrence Campbell commented on that. He said, glad you spotted that. Oh, uh, yeah? Yeah. So That, that was me... so awesome. Yeah. It makes me think like that's one of those little details that they put in there and they're not sure if people are going to connect. But like he probably had to go back and look at Tyler Crook's design yeah. to draw that. And anyway, yeah, that was so awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And Lawrence Campbell actually commented again when we had our end of days part two episode. He actually shared our episode and he shared some of his awesome pencils from those issues. Oh, wow. What? Awesome. Yeah. You got to check out our Twitter. He said, Hellboy Book Club are reviewing BPRD Hell on Earth end of days at the moment. Always fun in depth listen. So that means he listened to the episode. Wow. That is Holy so crazy. Shit. Yeah, that was great. Cool. So thank oh my God, you. That's amazing. Yeah, thank you so much, Lawrence Campbell, for that. Lawrence Campbell, book club oh, member. Oh shit! <laughs> he's more yeah. than a he's more than a book club member, though. He is literally the creates the books that we're talking about. So book club yeah. creator. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Nathaniel Green said, I loved the intro of the new episode, the song and the talking by John. Not going to lie, I've never missed you guys like I have since the last podcast. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much, Nathaniel. And thank you so much, Christian Stanfield, for that awesome little ditty that he did from the Side Street Steppers. made my day. It was so cute. It was really sweet. And then he let me put that song at the end of the last episode. And so I hope you guys enjoyed that. I think they're really great musicians. And It was really a cover of Paul from Gardaharn's thing. Yeah. But it was super cute, and I really loved it. And I just, yeah. It was was banjoized. Very touched by that. That was very sweet. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah, I've been enjoying their uh, their videos they've been putting out every night. They've been playing a new song every night. It's been fun. Yeah. Yeah, on Christian Stanfield's Facebook page. Yeah, they're really talented. Thank you for shouting them out, Aubrey. Go check out the Side Street Steppers for more of their music. I've really been enjoying that. It's been a good pick-me-up every night to go check out those videos. Oh, yeah, same here. So one of the things that I posted was when Johan is lifting up the submarine, it kind of reminded me of Amazing Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. You know, where he's lifting up that giant wall. You had said that. And I posted that on our Instagram and other social media. Ryan Rowlandson said, with great vril power, dot, dot, ah. dot. I really, yeah, that was good. And TechPad oh, De-, Tech De Sequoia said, my sledgehammery sense is tingling. <laughs> <laughs> man that was a good catch on that uh, spider-man connection there yeah that's like one of my favorite spider-man moments so yeah that's a good one steve ditko man and matt you were saying it kind of reminded you of dark knight yeah when superman picked up that tank oh yeah oh, yeah. Not, yeah that's another good parallel same. It, yeah well it's not nearly i mean obviously they use that spider-man as reference or it's been burned into their brains and they can't avoid it but it felt deliberate but it also reminded me of when Superman, I think it was a cover, and then it also happens in the book. Yeah. But Superman picks up a tank, and he's, like, yeah. silhouetted. Yeah. That makes me wonder, like, you know, is that something in the script? Like, John Arcudi is, like, like that episode of Amazing Spider-Man, or is that a Lawrence Campbell thing where he's like, I want to draw it like this? You know what I mean? I just wonder about decisions like that. 
Yeah, because I could see the artist reading the scene and going, huh, that reminds me of Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And Garrett Wagner, thank you so much for sharing. He actually has that page. He said, in honor of last week's pod, I thought I'd share the first and only piece of original art I've acquired from issue 138. Lawrence Campbell was such an incredible choice to close out this series. If you cannot be weak, be strong. And so, yeah, see, so Ryan Yule doesn't own all the gray pages. Some other people have them too, right? (laughs) (laughs) So thank you so much, Garrett, for sharing your page. We also talked about the Black Flame, you know, when his mouth gets all big. You know, Danielle was saying that you'd really hated that. <laughs> that. But no, I, I read that comment you're yet. Yeah, I, I think you're about to read and I, I very much agree with that. I yeah. actually went so far as to leave a little react to it. So Yeah, Drew Campbell said, Drew Campbell. I think the reason that the image of the Black Flame with his giant mouth is so unsettling is because Lawrence Campbell's art in general is so naturalistic. Of all the artists who have worked in the Mignolaverse, I would say his art is probably the least exaggerated, stylized, cartoony, and is the closest to photographic realism. So when he draws something that unnatural, the unnaturalness is enhanced, and it's creepy as hell. And Nicholas Orizaga chimed in on that. He said, I usually don't like that naturalistic style for superhero comics, but this guy is an exception. He's so amazing. Yeah, so thank you for that. I don't know if I really consider BPRD like a superhero comic, though. It's weird, right? Because I was going to say, I, I I think I described it earlier as a superhero comic, but I didn't know what to s- describe it as. I mean, what would you describe it as? You've got Liz and Johan flying through the air, shooting powers and all this stuff. So isn't that well, I mean, superhero? Kind of, I guess. I mean, you could I... say that's like Greek gods. Mm, would would you say it's more horror or what? What what would you classify it as? Oh, it is. It is a horror comic for sure. I, I think first and foremost, but it's a team book. That's yeah. what I would describe. It's a team book. And so when BPRD kicked off, you're like, oh, this is going to be action packed, but it's super paranormal. Mm. You know? Yeah. And I so wouldn't it, say it's superhero because it, until Liz started flying around Manhattan, I mean, when that happened, everyone was like, oh, wow, she looks like an actual superhero. Yeah. Which is a sign that it's not a superhero book. Yeah. Right. Okay. <laughs> That's a good point. I mean, it feels kind of like a like a teen procedural X-Files style book yeah. that morphed into this kind of sort of paramilitary, still horror, supernatural thing with still the X-Files team dynamic. Right, right. That's yeah, a good yeah, way yeah, to describe yeah. No, I agree with that assessment. <laughs> Just put all that in a blurb right there. I agree right with there. that assessment. Yeah. It might be too original to label. Yeah. To tell you the truth. Because, I mean, especially as far as comics go, but over the years, what else is really like this? You know, yeah. like every now and then there'll be a movie and somebody goes, oh, that felt like, you know, as close as someone's gotten to the BPRD. But you know it's not because they don't have 26 years worth. Right. Exactly. Remember when... When they went to Chicago uh, in Wasteland, and we were calling it BPRD in the streets. Right. Yeah. Remember? There's nothing superhero about that. They were on horseback, <laughs> screwing up left and right. Still such a great story, though. Oh, yeah. That's why it is. It's like the BPRD is taking uh, the comic and the story of taking like elements from all these different stories and become its own story kind of thing. Yeah. Like the way Star Wars took from all these different sci-fis and everything but became star wars right well that's that's 
the whole point of Hellboy, I think, is because Manola wanted to be able to cherry pick from his favorite things, the yeah. pulps, classic horror, but then yeah. put his own spin on it. I think that is the spirit of all of the Hellboy universe comics, and and it's it remains intact. Yeah, yeah, I I, I like Matt how you described it as just original. I mean, it is just kind of original. It's just kind of its own thing. It's hard to put it in any kind of genre or specific. I don't know. Even if you said sci-fi, it really doesn't even fall under that. No. Like, remember when Roger almost killed Liz? Yeah. When they first, like, before they named him Roger. Oh, right. Like, to me, that would have been just part of the origin story for any other character in a comic book. Right. Like, you know, okay, let's explain who this is in the first issue. There was this time where she was almost killed, but in the Hellboy and BPRD, that's just part of the story. Yeah. That was the latest point in that story. You know, it's not like they said... I mean, yes, we, we know they've always had a plan, but we also know that the story tells itself after a while, and the creators are like, well, now we got to go down this road because this happened. Yeah. And that's not, that's not necessarily planned out well in advance every single time. To me, that's why it's fresh and why it feels original throughout because it's not overly planned. It's not like somebody had to figure it out perfectly before they started because they knew that, like they always said, we're going to break things that can't be fixed. Right. Yeah. And, and so, therefore, nothing has to really be polished because mistakes are allowed to happen. Hmm. Yeah, because <laughs> th- there, there are even parts of it where it's almost like soap opera. You know what I mean? It's got, like, very kind of dramatic human moments where it's just kind of relationships and stuff like that, which I think is really interesting how they work all these different things into it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, is that, I mean, it is very soap-operatic super because it's just a story that keeps continually moving forward. Well, I wouldn't necessarily characterize it as like a soap opera, but I, I feel like there's, there's. I don't, mean, I don't mean like the bad soap. No, opera. no, no, no. I just mean like there's, there's um. The fun soap opera way. <laughs> right, right, right. No, I just mean like is you know when you think about all the things that you like to read or watch, are the characters driving the plot or are the plot is the plot driving the characters? For me, at least, if it's a character-centered story, that's how you, as the reader, are are experiencing the quote-unquote the plot. Then that's to me much more engaging than like here's a plot and then here's what the characters right. do. Like that's you know I I I'm, I I want to be able to connect with these fucking people. You know yeah. I want to be able to make that connection. And how are we going to connect to them? Well, they have connections to other people in the story. So those connections are what you're going to connect to. And then there's all this other wild shit going on around it there's zogdru jihad there's the apocalypse and stuff but how does she feel about him that's right, what i want to yeah. know <laughs> you know what i mean yeah it's so interesting well, yeah, how, how does you... she feel about killing nazis that's what i want to know they don't show howard's agent howard's for several issues and then when they do they don't really show it. i mean remember when they had all those people in the hallway outside of his his room waiting to like talk to him like he had like a following yeah yeah you could mention that, or you could build a whole story about it, yeah. or the BPRD, you could just throw it in for a panel or two, right? and you get the whole picture. Right. So right. Now, now you know this stuff, their storylines continue off camera. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. That is a sign of a well-rounded character, and, and so now you know the next time you see him, you'll be like, well, he's idolized. 
Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. They don't have yeah, to yeah. make a big deal about it. Right. Exactly. Well, and they trust they trust their readers, and that's also something I mm-hmm. really enjoy. Is that because a story is so much more enjoyable when it's not just like. And here's the exposition, right. little baby. And you're like, okay, thanks for right. taking me completely <laughs> out of the story and breaking that for me. And and really, I don't know. There's just something about when I, I get so much more. It's so much more engaging when you can tell that they really trust you to be like, hey, you you get this right. We're just gonna move on into the interesting part. And like, it's it's just so much more interesting to kind of like you're peeking in on this world like you said like when you're like oh i can tell that there's like a small cult being built around ted howard's now and and the clues to that are are, are done with the art it's they've got a beautiful way all these people on this team the storytelling is phenomenal it doesn't have to be spelled out you know completely like i don't know there's something to be said about watching goofy movies and reading goofy comics you know, just as, yeah. it's like, but you can't have an, your entire diet cannot be made of candy. Like candy every once in a while is delicious, <laughs> but sometimes you really do need like, you know, you, you need something that will sustain you. And this is, this is that for sure. Yeah. Well, I thought you were, it was so interesting how you described it as character driven versus plot driven. And I right. feel like they almost go back and forth. They almost make it character driven and then they go back to plot driven right. and they kind of interweave it in a way where you don't even know that it's happening, yeah. but it's kind of like melding those two things together and you are it is character driven at a lot of points and you get wrapped up in the characters but then the plot does move things forward the plot moves along and that's obviously you need that but i'm saying like the plot doesn't come at the sacrifice of sure the characters like the plot is there because we give a shit about the characters i wouldn't give a fuck about this plot at all if i didn't give a fuck about the characters that's true so you care about all of these characters and then you're able to care about this plot it's like if if I pick up any one of these random ass books, am I going to be engaged? Am I going to want to go back and get right, the other stuff? Am yeah. I going to want to, am I going to be invested in the future stuff? Is it something that's going to make, and with these books, I would say yes. You know, and, and, and it's got something for, it's any one, any point that you come in on. If you had just shown right. me Lobster Johnson and been like, here, you know, I'd be like, where's the rest of it? Yeah. If you had just shown me Ted Howard's, yep. I'd be like, what the fuck is this? This yeah. is amazing. <laughs> if you had just shown me the island, I'd be like, who the fuck wrote this? Yeah. This art is incredible. This writing is amazing. And so the characters, they drive that plot simply because if you just write, then the world was in danger because there was a monster in space and there was a guy with goggles <laughs> killing Nazis and there was a guy that was a time traveler kind of and there's a guy, he's a bag of gas and then there's another girl, she's on fire and they save the world and you're like, who cares? Right, But yeah. there are relationships to one another and, and the beautiful art that we get to see and the struggles that they go through internally and all this stuff, all that comes together to make this amazing. And I'm, I'm basically just talking about why this shit is awesome yeah. at this point. I'm sorry. I, I've been rambling for a while. I apologize. That's a barley wine. I just had a barley wine. I'm feeling emotional. You That's know. okay. You're with friends. Back to you, John. That's okay, yeah. And Nicholas Orizanga, he pointed out a good point from End of Days. He said, remember in End of Days, Chapter 2... When Johan notes that Liz can hurt the Ogre Jihad, but without even trying, she's destroying everything else. That's when she's trying to, like, they're burning it for hours, and all the Ogre hems and everything else, and even the earth opens up with lava. He says, skip ahead to chapter 4, 
And Liz says that every life on Manhattan gives the Black Flame strength. But since they're in Brooklyn, maybe he's not so strong. She tries to kill him by lighting his ass on fire, but it doesn't work. In the next issue, Professor O'Donnell reveals that the Agra Jihad worshippers drain strength from the living and that the invocation should release those spirits so that those energies run back to their sources, renewing life. Around that same time, Liz realizes the way to defeat the Black Flame is not to send him to hell, but to bring hell to him by destroying everything first, thus eliminating his power source. So damn amazing. Yeah, so I didn't think about that. There is a logic going on with all that if you track all those different things where they talk about how he's drawing his power and what the spell is doing. And yeah, we didn't really touch on that that much. I think we were so kind of interested. Yeah, and that was a good... Um, we, we had such a good discussion on that. But yeah, thank him. you for breaking it down for us, Nicholas. Yeah. That's that's why I love the book club. That's Every, why you know, it's a book club. Yeah. You know, we, we, we miss stuff, somebody brings it up and bam. We that's know it's the true. whole reason. Yeah, because you might, you might wonder, like, well, how come when she tried to kill him the first time, it didn't work, and then the second time, she did it, you know? But here he's kind of explaining what went, uh, yeah. all those little pieces that happened throughout that storyline to allow that to happen. And that gives you a deeper appreciation sometimes when you go back and give it a yeah. reread. You read it again, and you, you're you're reminded of the thing that your friend said. And you're like, yeah. oh, yeah, this is, uh, yeah. And he also said, oh, yeah, I like when Shanshan and Panya Phoenix are reciting the incantation, and Devon, Kate, and Doris are all confused by it all. <laughs> Bruiser naps calmly, because he knows it'll be all right. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let's all be more like Bruiser. If a dog's content, you know everything's cool. There you yeah. go, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I haven't done my post for Matt's story yet. Those are going to be going up this weekend, so we'll probably get some more feedback on that. We did get a couple comments on Kill the Black Flame, which we read on our latest episode. All right. Ryan Yule said, Matt's dentist is really getting into it. (laughs) (laughs) And Jerry Turnbull said, I loved hearing Matt talk about his story. Yeah. Yeah, and we'll get some more of that soon, too, because we have another Matt story coming up, which I can't wait for. How lucky are we to have Matt on the fucking show? On the show, show. I know. It's so awesome. And Jason Abaddon said, regarding Matt's artwork, I can't say enough great things. I'm proud to have a great piece by him framed in my living room. Hell yeah, us yeah. too, yeah. And so awesome. Jason Abaddon, he has a custom daimyo that you did for him, right, awesome. Matt? Yeah, with the wear jaguar. Man, that is so that is awesome, so yeah. Cool. Maybe I can um, ask Jason Abaddon if I can post that on our social media this week. That's awesome. And at DJ Alpha T on Twitter, he wanted to know where you can find Matt's comics. And he said, hashtag kill the black flame. Matt motherfucking Strackbine, hashtag book club member. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so thank you, Matt, for responding to that. If you want to check out Matt's comics, they're in BPRD Hell on Earth, End of Days, number 135. BPRD Hell on Earth, Cometh the Hour, number 144. Hellboy in the BPRD Ghost Moon number two and BPRD Devil You Know number three. And so we'll be getting to all those over the next year. But um, if you can't wait, you can go download those single issues and check them all out. 
Yeah, and to get some extra content for this week's episode, I sent out a Facebook... Just pulling the curtain back all the way there. Yeah, I sent out a status on our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter just asking everybody how you're spending your time and what you're reading, what comics you're reading, what are you doing? And Ryan Yule said, I'm reading the comics you damn guys told me to read because it's a book club. <laughs> and friendship. <laughs> all right, and friendship, yeah. Thank you, you, Ryan. <sighs> Joshua Worley said, going back through the Astro City catalog, and of course, my favorite book club. There you go. Nice. I love Astro City. Oh, yeah? See, I I haven't read all that stuff. Oh, it's amazing. Just get the first trade. Okay. Hayden Orr said, I've bought a bunch of the Junji Ito collected volumes, Uzumaki, Gaio, and a couple of anthologies before everything started shutting down. So in my spare time, I've been reading those playing Doom Eternal, and listening to you damn guys. Awesome. Awesome. By the way, if anyone is a manga fan or just a horror fan, I definitely recommend Ito's work. His horror works are insanely good. I'm personally partial to his Frankenstein adaptation and Uzumaki. Yeah, so go check those out. Garrett uh, Garrett Wagner said, I've been revisiting Hector Osterheld's The Enternaut which is a horrifying post-apocalyptic comic from the 50s. It uses an alien plague to allegory the civil unrest in Argentina during the mid-20th century seemed appropriate for the quarantine. And, of course, potent doses of Animal Crossing. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> awesome. And so I think we talked about the Enternaut. Um, it was referenced in our Abe Sapien episodes. You know, the Fumaras were doing that series... And in one of the scenes, I think we talked about it, there was a graffiti in the back that was from that comic book. And so that comic book is an Argentinian comic book. And I think they're also from that area, too. So I thought that was really cool. Yeah, so that has been referenced before. I think we should facilitate a uh, a way for all the book club members who currently play Animal Crossing to all be friends. Or right, whatever. we should do that. There should We should figure out a way to do that. Yeah. So, hey, Animal Crossing... Animal Crossing book club members, let's find a way for y'all to all hook up and be friends on there somehow. I'll make a thread or something. Yeah, yeah something and everybody like can share your yeah. friend codes. There you go. Man, that would be super awesome. Christopher Egan said, I'm getting through some of my big collected editions with all this time on my hands. Buffy Angel Library Editions, Deadly Class nice. Omnibus. I've been getting into horror manga big time lately, too. Especially the stuff by Jinji Ito, which is what Hayden Orr just uh, talked about. There's a lot of of manga crossover with our our book club members here. Reading a bunch of cyberpunk manga, too, like Ghost in the Shell sequels. Other than that, just trying to catch up on the latest single issues. My comic shop is mailing me the last few months' worth. And yeah, my comic shop is also doing free shipping so yeah um you know local comic book stores are going through kind of a hard time right now too so you know support your local comic book store if you can order stuff from there on from them online or whatever you can do local comic book stores local record shops local everybody so yeah yeah jerry turnbull said for the umpteenth time jack staff Everything used to be black and white the original adventures of britain's greatest hero by paul grist 
And so I'm not familiar with that title, but I am familiar with Paul Grist. We're going to get to an awesome series that he's done for the Mignolaverse this year. All right. And so I'm really oh, excited yeah. about that. Christian Stanfield said, I'm still catching up on the podcast, BPRD Hell on Earth, but I'm also reading Matt Kent and Tyler Jenkins' Grass Kings this week and listening to Hillary Mantle's a place of greater safety about the French Revolution on audiobook. Nice. Yeah, I've been checking nice. out some audiobooks too. Brendan Carter said, finally jumping into Baltimore. Awesome so far. Yeah, and I have all the Baltimore trades and I haven't read them. So yeah, that's definitely something that I'm planning to do over the, over all of this free time that wait, I have. Wait, wait, you bought all the trades and you haven't read them? He's been busy. Well, I, I've been well, trying to... So... This was before the omnibuses came out. And so, like, I didn't know that they were going to do omnibuses. And if I had known that, I probably would have just waited. But I, they're so hard to find that I was, like, gradually just f- trying to get them when I could. So I never had the complete well, thing because I needed, like, four or seven. Or there was one that, like, I couldn't – I didn't have that's, like, right in the middle. So I think I've read, like, the first three. But then I was missing four. But then I had, like, seven through nine or whatever. And so finally – I've managed to get all of them, but I still haven't sat down and read the whole thing. I kind of want to start over at one and just read it all over um, from the well, beginning. That's what I mean, that's smart. But my point is, how can you resist <laughs> uh, well, reading it? Well, the, the the podcast keeps me pretty busy, also. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. Uh, it's pretty busy. <laughs> it's so good. I have to like make him eat. I have to like <laughs> something to eat. But, but I can't wait. Yeah, I'm definitely going to be getting into Baltimore probably over the next week. Dave Turbot said, Oh man, you used one of my favorite Hellboy lines of all time when I said, Hey, you damn guys. <laughs> he said, The other is another onion for the soup. And that's ah, that's also yeah. from, uh, it's also from the same story from Almost Colossus. That made me laugh. I just love that. Stuart Bramford said, Batman damned and Batman Gotham by Gaslight. Which is awesome. That's a Mignola book right there. And I also enjoyed Batman Damned. But one thing I I didn't realize when I first read Batman Damned, and if if you want to read that or you haven't read it, or you read it and you didn't understand it, you also have to read Joker by Azzarello and Bermejo to kind of understand Batman Damned. And And I didn't realize that the first time I read it, so... Just an FYI if you want to check that out. Tristan Alfaro said he's catching up on the complete Judge Dredd, rereading all the Asterix comics to mark the passing of Albert Uderzo. Yeah, so the creator of Asterix comics recently passed. And so I know Mignola recently did a, a drawing of, um, of those characters on his uh, social media. Yeah, they were pretty cool. And Tristan also said he's looking forward to the final trade of Alan Moore and Kevin O'Neill's League of Extraordinary Gentlemen and listening to you damn guys. Yeah, and um, thank you so much for that, Tristan. And I also want to mention, if you're following Mike Mignola on social media, he has just been killing it oh, lately. Oh, man. It was so oh, crazy. Oh, my God. I'm so glad you mentioned yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, he's been doing the Flintstones. He's been doing all these, like, mermaid people and sea people. Um, today, he he's doing cowboy skulls, yeah. cowboy skeletons. <laughs> he did, like, Ant-Man and Executioner and Absorbing Man. Yeah, I was really interested at the Marvel characters that he decided to do. Yeah. And I thought they were so interesting. So when he did the Executioner, who was famously portrayed in Thor Ragnarok, 
He said that was his inspiration for Kashi the Deathless. Oh, wow, interesting. Played by yeah, Carl Urban. Yeah. Those, I love Carl Urban. He was Aomir, wasn't he? Yeah. Okay, anyway, sorry. And ahead. Judge Dredd. Oh, yeah. And McCoy. Yeah. Oh, right, yeah. But the Manola stuff has been totally unexpected, like his choices. It's just sketch after it's, sketch, and it's just weird stuff. Like, who doing... does Ant-Man sketches? <laughs> but isn't he doing, like, didn't he call him con sketches, but yeah. he's not a con? Yeah, yeah. So right. it is kind of the the yeah. randomness that you would get from requests. That's true. Right, yeah, that's right. True. I love that. And I love the randomness that is coming out of his, his mind. Uh, <laughs> it's nice. I, the, the Flintstones, when I, when I saw the first one you did, Wilma, I was just like, please do the rest. Please yes. do the rest. And when he did the Great awesome. Kazoo, I was just like. <laughs> I know. It's so good. It's so obvious that that's what they are. But then for a minute, your brain is like, I can't be what that is. Yeah. But it is. I mean, I, I think I speak with all of us when I say I want to see a Flintstone-inspired cartoon based on Mignola's style. Well, his, yeah. his style is so singular Yeah, that I, I think that I would be interested in him drawing literally anything. So I think that's where my excitement is coming yeah. from at this point. Like, how far oh, is he no, going to no, no, take no, this? Wrong. My excitement is always there. But yeah, just, yeah. Don't you want to, I'd love to see the Flintstones done by Mignola. Yeah, I I mean I just I feel like I I'm just excited for like I can't wait to see what he's gonna do next. Yeah, kind yeah. of a thing. So yeah. Um, there was one that he shared that was just like a guy's head, and there was tentacles coming out of it, and he's like, I don't know what this is supposed to be, but that, <laughs> that one was really great. Um, but Good I also I've also sketching. been enjoying if you're following Matt on social media, you've been coloring some of them, and so you colored the yeah, Great yeah. Gazoo one, and you've been they they are so amazing, yeah, Matt. I've fantastic. really been enjoying yeah, that. Did Ant Man too, right? Yeah, yeah, I did. I, I love that Ant Man so much. I even inked the uh, Great Gazoo. That was like a nervous hand. Yeah, thinking <laughs> that thing, but yeah, but it's so. I mean, you can't get all of that artwork every day and not do something with it. Yeah. You know? Yeah, thanks for pointing that out. It was that's super fun. It's so fun. Look, it is so fun to color Hellboy stuff because you're basically like coloring like Dave Stewart colors. Yeah. Yeah. And that I wouldn't say that's how I color comics normally, but he's so inspiring and it's like, oh, it'll be fun to kind of do it like how Dave Stewart would do it, but that's actually turned into just how Hellboy books are. Right. Know what I mean? Because even if they have other colorists, it's like, yeah, yeah I mean, you're doing a Hellboy coloring right, yeah, job. Yeah, here. yeah, so, yeah. So, yeah, anyway, it's really yeah. fun. And so if people want to check out your coloring work, Matt, or any of your other stuff, where can they follow you at? So I have a website, mattstrackbind.weebly.com. You could basically just Google my name and see stuff right away because I've never used any sort of username. I just use Matt Strackbind online. Nice. And while well, I'm most active on Twitter, at the letter hack on Twitter or at friends of Strackbine on Instagram. Awesome. Yeah, definitely go check those out. My my twenty twenty policy is to follow back. Nice. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> Techpad De Sequoia said he's working the graveyard shift in an empty plastics factory Jeez. with only one other person Holy shit. and holding on to his partner when he's home. Fuck. Yeah, so there's a lot of people out there working, so shout out to TechPat. He's had a rough go at it recently, you know. Yeah. I, I know that he recently lost somebody really close to him, so sending a bunch of love out to you, man. We, we're there for you. Michael Snowdon said... Matt Wagner's Grendel. Have you ever read that? A little bit. Okay. In the 90s. It In was the a 90s. long time. It would have been like high school. Yeah. I read it. 
Sergio Gutierrez said he's getting into Nils, the Tree of Life. It's a book by Jerome Hammond. And um, I've never heard of that, but the cover looked awesome. He posted a picture of the book, so I might have to check that out. Doo-Wop Apocalypse said, I've been toying with rereading the Lobster Johnson novel, The Satan Factory. Yeah, so that's another one I want to check out. I want to check out actually all the Hellboy-related novels. A bunch of them are coming on to Audible, so that's another good thing that you could be doing right now. I'm saving up my credits so I can get those books. Nice. Drew Baca said, finishing up Blade Runner 2049, and then on to a reread of Sweet Tooth. Yeah, and so Blade Runner's on Netflix right now. If you haven't checked it out, it was really I thought it was awesome. I really enjoyed it. I thought that. it was great. Yeah. Yeah. I loved it. Bartoads underscored M on Instagram said, Abe Sapien, Dark and Terrible, Omnibus One. Yeah, so go check out some of our previous episodes, because I think we've discussed almost every story in that omnibus. Letters and Numbers said, rereading the first four issues of Witchfinder, Reign of Darkness. With my local comic book store closed, I'll have to get the digital for issue five until everything bounces back. Yeah, and I'm not cut up on Witchfinder, but you said that series is awesome right now, right, Matt? It is so good. The The last issue of the latest arc just came out on Wednesday. It is so good, you guys. <laughs> awesome. I can't wait to get I'm to it. it. You could, we could read it right now, and it fits perfectly with everything we've been reading lately. Oh. It's so It's great. It, I'm loving it. Wow. Fantastic. Alonzo Azacast said, Hellblazer. Sancho Panza said, been diving into Kirby back issues of Fantastic Four. Yeah, I've been checking out nice. some Kirby back issues too. I have the Fantastic Four omnibus that has those Silver Surfer issues where he first appears and all that. And I've been checking those out recently. I have a friend of mine. He has a, a reprint of Fantastic Four number one, but they le- reprint like every panel at like full size or something like that. Oh, wow. And so. So the whole thing is like an omnibus worth of material in one issue. It might be two issues, but I can't really remember. I've only saw it once, but I was just like, man, that is fucking amazing work. That's so weird. Yeah. I'll have to ask my friend which one it is. Yeah, let me know about that. Pascal B. Manberg said, everything Dawn of X at the moment. Yeah, and you know what? I have those House of X. I have all the stuff leading up to Dawn of X, and I still haven't read that stuff either. I have a huge backlog of back issues that I'm probably going to be catching up this week. Jake, the... And I'm surprised I haven't read any of that yet, because I love the X-Men and I love Jonathan Hickman. Yeah, I really want to sit down and kind of just read all those issues. Jake the Snake 912 said... He said, a lot of manga at the moment. Blame Academy and No Guns Life. Going to start once in future soon, though. How do you feel about uh, the fact that Beyond the Mat is on fucking Netflix? Get back to me with that. Oh, yeah. (laughs) We watched that. That was one thing that we watched. Yeah, yeah, well, you'd never seen it, so... And every time Paul what Hale, is it? Can you explain? Oh, it's a it's a fucking god a million years ago. That's that wrestler documentary. Yes, right? a million years ago, someone made a wrestler. Oh my documentary. god! I, okay, so and I uh, fucking every single time Paul Heyman was on screen, I was like Paul Heyman, ah, fucking Paul Heyman, and John was like, I don't know who the, any of these people are. <laughs> it doesn't mean anything to me. I kind of missed out like, on yeah, a lot of that. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I can't explain it. Anyway, go ahead. So it was good. That wait that 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 movie was on the new release wall when we worked at Hollywood Video, yeah. John. Oh, uh, and one of the streaming services recently. I put it on my queue, and I'm thank you for letting me remember it was on Netflix. Yeah, it's on there. <laughs> oh man, and there's there's a lot of documentaries. There's a lot of like wrestling behind the scenes 
documentaries and various fucking, you know, there's just a billion things you could watch, but that's one that I, I always remember as just being the most fucking out there. Yeah. Paul, nice. Paul fucking Heyman is the <laughs> man. Goldie Box said, hell on earth. Yeah, so hopefully you're following along with us on the podcast. Lobster20,000 said, I've been reading the Witcher novels. Definitely a similar feeling to Hellboy. They're really good. Okay. Sarah Cole said, Immortal Hulk and finally getting around to Why the Last Man. I've heard Immortal Hulk is like the best Hulk book in like forever. So mm-hmm. yeah, I definitely want to check that I out. I heard that was pretty good, yeah. At Jesper Duffy, he said he started the Hellboy puzzle so there's a awesome Hellboy puzzle and it's based off that awesome New York City Comic Con print that had all the different characters on it and it's really oh, cool wow. yeah i've seen a bunch of people doing that so he said it's a beaut. Oh, it's like a jigsaw puzzle yeah okay. and he said comics wise i've been working my way through black science at the moment pretty crazy yeah, stuff yeah. you've read that nice. matt yeah i love it okay i'll have to check that out who wrote that is that um uh, remender, the guy who remender did... or something like that yeah rick remender and i love black science it's action-packed it's it's well worth the read nice i've heard a lot of good things about it Bob Lewis at RebelScum666 said, I'm binge reading all things Alan Moore. I'm almost done with his run on Swamp Thing. Fucking amazing. And also rereading Lovecraft stories for the millionth time. And of course, reading the Mignolaverse with your awesome podcast. Hope you damn guys are staying safe. Yeah, thank you so much, Bob. And we are staying safe. I'm glad you're reading that Alan Moore stuff. I'd love to read that Swamp Thing run. I've actually never read that, and it's like one of the classics, right? Oh, I've never read it either, but I've always wanted to. It's amazing. So when I was in high school, those kinds of comics, like I would see them and every now and then flip through them, and I was like, it kind of gives me like a sick feeling. Like (laughs) this isn't X-Men or X-Force or Spider-Man or Superman. But then, you know, you you come to your senses as you get a little bit older and i went back and reread that stuff and i was like i know why this gave me a sick feeling because it's supposed to be really weird right and it is truly bizarre comics the stories are so out there thoroughly enjoyable nice yeah there's some batman issues right there's like some batman stories that are within that because i think i've read those batman issues but i haven't read the entire run yeah, and Superman as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so they had to remind you it was part of the DC universe, whereas now it's like Swamp Thing's like in the comics with Wonder Woman and everybody. Right. Back then, it was like a fringe thing. He was way off to the side. Yeah. Cool. Just a neat little trivia thing that I'm thinking of because a while back, I forgot why, I, start, I was really interested in when is the first time that Batman disappears on Jim Gordon, where Jim Gordon's like talking to him and then he turns around and Batman's gone. Like for some yeah, reason, okay. I was thinking about mm. that and it's in that run. It's uh, it's that run. Oh, really? it's, it's that story. I actually went and got that issue for that reason because I wanted to have that issue just because I'm one of those people. But yeah, that's the first time that uh, Batman does that disappearing on Jim Gordon trick is in that Swamp Thing run. Or correct me if I'm wrong, uh, other book club listeners. I wanted to talk about what we've been reading and doing during all of this, because we've all had, 
you know, a lot of free time. I've been working from home. Luckily, they've been letting me work yeah, from home lately. So that's been really good. But I've been reading the Silver Surfer Omnibus. I just read that by the Al Reds and Dan Slott. That was so amazing. It was such a great story. I really enjoyed it. It was really touching. It was really emotional. And it was just like the perfect Silver Surfer ending. Um, if you like nice. the Silver Surfer or you like cosmic things or... It was just a great run. I highly recommend it. And you've been a huge Silver Surfer fan for forever. Forever, so, yes. Yeah. I have all things Silver Surfer. So that's saying a lot. Silver Surfer Requiem is a great run also. Um, that Stanley Jack Kirby stuff from the If This Be Doomsday or something like that. I think that that's the issue where Silver Surfer arrives. Anyway, all that stuff is great. I love Silver Surfer, that omnibus by the Alreds and Dan yeah, you're Slott. A, you're a huge Mike Alred fan, so like when that's like two of your favorite oh, things. Oh, it was so together. awesome. It was so awesome. Have you seen the Silver, you know that awesome Silver Surfer animated series? Oh, the, the old 90s? school one? Yeah, I, I've, I've watched that. Oh, so good. It was good, yeah. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> your reaction to that story when you had finished reading it, you know, you were, was made me want to pick it up because you yeah. were very, like, ah, oh, it was kind of, it looked like it. Your mind had been blown. It like really it was, had. You seemed very emotional. It was so very emotional. To, it was extremely to, emotional. I'll so to, I'll have to read that. It was great. What do you mean by end to the Silver Surfer? Like the end to a Silver Surfer story arc? It it has an. I don't without spoiling it. Yes, the end of that arc. The end of that okay. arc is a great Silver Surfer ending. You know what okay, I mean? Gotcha. It's like gotcha. it's a. Uh, it's it just uh it just captures everything that's amazing about that character. Cool. I also just read Little Bird also by Van Polgeest and Ian Bertram. I was not familiar with Ian Bertram's art. It is mind-blowing. It is so amazing. It's real it's, good. It's kind of got that... Who's that guy? Quietly? Yeah, Quietly. Yeah. Frank Quietly. Quietly it's yes. kind of got that kind of look, but it is so much more psychedelic. And it's got colors by Matt Hollingsworth. I highly recommend that. It was fucking badass. It was so weird. It was like um, I would say quietly has some psychedelic properties too. Yeah, it 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 uh, it, it's one of those. I I hate to. I usually don't like it when a comic book is like you need like three issues to warm up to it. But like you you kind of need three to get three issues into this book to kind of understand. Like at first I was kind of like, what is going on? I don't really understand this. But well, okay, let me clarify because so earlier when I said, oh, if you have to be an entire thing i've actually read the first couple of issues of little bro i haven't yeah. gotten all, i haven't gotten all the way through yet but it's it's very engaging i immediately yes. want to know more i want to see those. more you want to know more yeah. so while i don't i don't know and i'm like what the fuck is going on it's in a good way it's it's not like a god what the fuck? how much right, more of this right. do i have to slog through to get to the point it's like where's the next issue i don't know what's happening but i like it yeah so it's very it's like i don't know what the fuck's going on but it's fucking great yeah so that's the kind of i i will continue to read for however long if it's engaging and yeah. the art is engaging and the story is weird but it's very like fascinating yeah. too so i can't wait to finish that up it's one of those kind of head scratchy even at the end you're kind of like hmm i kind of got to go back and look at that again it allows you in an odd way it allows you to engage with your own like psyche yeah it's like it's like a guy was able to remember every detail about a series of weird fucked up dreams that he had <laughs> for some reason yeah in perfect clarity it's 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 a, yeah so yeah that was really awesome we also watched tiger king on netflix oh, i don't know, <laughs> I don't know if you guys have watched oh, tiger man. king I can't holy even shit it. dude that thing yeah. process <laughs> I, I i don't that series is wild you, you every gotta... single person that show is the most <laughs> terrible person 
<laughs> to ever that ever lived. I had to look it up afterward because I knew that you know how they play like the songs he recorded yeah. and all oh, yeah, the videos. I, can't. I just knew that Part wasn't the... him singing, so I had to look it up, and it was two different people. Oh, it's not yeah, it's not even his voice. Wow, I, mean, I didn't yeah. know that. Okay, because you don't I go don't from know. talking like that to no. singing like that. <laughs> you can also no you, you can also kind of tell in the music video where his the lip syncing isn't matching up. Oh, oh yeah. okay. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, they're wrong. all awful people, and please don't keep wild animals. Yeah, don't get big cats. <laughs> that, that's the moral of it. So what about you guys? Uh, what have you been reading? What have you been doing with some of your free time while you've been at home? We'll let uh, we'll let Matt go first. Most recently, last night, I watched 1917, the movie. Okay. Ooh, was it good? It was outstanding. I was very impressed. Like, I, I hadn't seen it, and I was wondering, you know, it was getting a lot of awards and praise, and I was like, well, I, it's on my list, but it deserved all the praise and all the awards and probably more. It was very, very well done. Awesome. That's, uh, um, Sam, Sam Mendes is director, right? That's right. Uh, yeah. And you know, I haven't been watching a lot of movies lately, but, um, I was watching the Valhalla murders, which is a, like one of those Scandinavian noir detective series. That's new to Netflix. Okay. Every now and then I go on a David Latham kick and okay. he's the guy that does straight bullets. Right. And I tracked down, everything he ever did because he's a kind of writer artist that can just go, yeah, I want to do a Batman book and DC would be like, you got it, you know? So he did, um, Batman city of crime, which is a graphic novel. I suggest everyone check out. And he did daredevil versus punisher, which huh. is called means and ends, but it's like one of the most classic daredevil punisher storylines and i just read murder me dead which is also an original graphic novel by him i think that takes place in like the 50s but it's like a 50s style noir it's really cool okay. so anyway awesome david Lapham can't go wrong he's very good at the crime genre and that's one of my favorite genres i'm still working although working from home yeah so stuff like the Tiger King is great to have on, like when you can <laughs> like pause it and you know it's not like going to be too disruptive. Right. But um, another really good series that I watched as it was coming out, but I'm now rewatching it, like because you know you kind of want to binge it. You know, I feel like I get more out of it that way sometimes. Mm -hmm. Is The Outsider on HBO? Oh, I've been wanting to check that out. Yeah, so I haven't seen that. A, it's based on a Stephen King novel. It's got Ben Mendelsohn. It's so good. It's Jason Bateman's in it. He's one of the producers. Mm, it's fantastic. Nice. Awesome. It, it, like with Stephen King, I have like a love hate relationship. <laughs> like I'll be really into something, and then part of the story like takes me out of the main part of the story. The Outsider is so thorough. It's great. Every episode delivered. Nice. What about you, Aubrey? Okay, so I have been reading nothing. Uh. Not a thing. <laughs> you gotta get on that. What you been watching? Uh, I've also been playing my Switch, so I've been playing like some classic NES and oh, fun. Super Nintendo games, and then uh, the Final Fantasy VIII Remastered. Been playing that. But then we've been watching like a bunch of like movies and TV shows. Like randomly, I watched all the good, all the vacation movies except Vegas. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Christmas, I still like. I'm not sure about the other two. Some other, you know, films. Uh, we watched uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood last night. Oh, I love that nice. one. That was great. 
And there's this part at the very beginning where Leonardo DiCaprio comes out and he's like, he's it's uh, when he's like showing his his movie, the something fourteen fist of McCluskey or something like that. Yeah, and he shows him burning all those Nazis with the uh, with the, the flamethrower. So good. I was all like. That's a total Lobster Johnson moment right yeah. now. It is. I said the same thing. <laughs> that is so awesome. I said the same yes. thing. That's great. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, we also went like, uh, we watched the Tiger. Feel Tiger the Claw. He's been watching a lot of just a smattering, just smorgasbord. Yeah, smorgasbord. yeah. But then also, uh, Kathy, Kathy found this uh, comedy show from Australia that apparently aired from like 2002 to 2007. So it's called Kath and Kim. Oh yeah, Kath and Kim. Yeah. Oh my God, it's so hilarious. I want to know. Does Mark know about yeah, it? We'll but, have oh to my ask God, him. it is so hilarious. Oh, awesome! <laughs> Kath and Kim is one of the funniest things you'll ever see. We'll have to check it they out. They made they made the American version of it. I think it only lasted one season. Uh, it had a uh, uh, Selma Molly Blair, Shannon. Yeah, Selma Molly Blair. Shannon and Selma Blair, right? Yeah. But Kath and Kim like is a treasure. Oh, it's good. Yeah, everyone should watch that. We'll have to check it out. Any, I'll I'll check out anything that's from Australia, mate. Yeah, yeah, and it's on Netflix. So awesome, Kath, awesome. Kath and Kim. All right. Um, and and what about you, Danielle? Is there anything you want to share that you've been doing? Well, uh, yeah, just um, working in the garden, and uh, yeah, like working in the the beds and just getting that. Yeah, so that's that's fun and exciting. We got do. some blue bonnets coming Work, up. Working in the we'll get a lot of stuff coming up. I've um I've made it my goal to have a a native only yard. So I'm in the front and the back. I've been trying to just do. You know, I'm I'm really more interested in whether or not our yards are functioning ecosystems as opposed to like how they look or anything like that. So I've been trying to educate myself on what's uh, bird friendly, pollinator friendly, you know, for all the bees and butterflies and birds and stuff. Yeah. And uh, all the critters out there are real happy. We got like, it's just lizard city back there. Yeah. Right now, so, but it's fun. It's good stuff. And it's keeping me occupied. And I've been, you know, spending time with, uh, with our birds. Yeah. And that's fun. They that's, like that we're good. home They like every that day. we're home every day. <laughs> Uh, nice. watching stuff, reading stuff. I'm disappointed in myself. And I, I know this is something that's, I've actually talked to several of my friends about this now. Um, I'm upset that I'm not taking advantage of all the quote unquote free time that I have. Like, I'm kind of mad at myself that I'm not making more art. Mm. Like I have all this time to just be making new art and I'm not doing it. And I feel like I should be doing it, but I don't know. I, I don't know what it is. I just feel real like super anxious or depressed or yeah. something so i'm kind of occupying my time in other ways besides i'm like avoiding it for some reason i don't know what it is but i know that a lot of people have expressed to me that they're in the same place and i just i feel like maybe we should be go easier on ourselves you know be less hard on ourselves as far as stuff like that goes because this is kind of an unprecedented thing right now yeah. and maybe if we are feeling depressed or anxious and we should kind of give ourselves some room to 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 be that way and not be so hard on stuff. But I'm going to try and I'm going to try and make some art or something if I can. Um going to try and read more books. I'm going to try and make more art and um oh, I've been making lots of tea. Yeah. Drinking tea. Drinking a lot of tea. I've been I just like to save all my nice. fancy tea and I I got a little tea set that I like to use and I've been doing that. But yeah, just, you know, oh, we've been going on the like super cool bike rides yeah. since you fix up our beach cruisers. That's nice to look at all the birds outside and all the nature and stuff. So, uh yeah, just trying to call friends, talk to friends. I have downloaded People, everyone, I'm like, hey, who wants to video chat? And everyone's like, do you have... 47 different clients? Yeah, they're like, do you have Skype? Do you have House Party? Do you have WhatsApp? Do you have whatever? And yeah. everyone wants to do a different thing. So 
I've got like all these different apps. That's for been that. fun too. Yeah. yeah, it's been good talking to family, talking to friends, and you know, I um, there's a lot of stuff that I uh, haven't been able to do that I'm trying not to think about. Like I actually am one of those rare people that actually I love my day job, and so I'm I'm kind of hoping that's still gonna be there. Yeah. When you know, all yeah. this whatever, who knows how long this is gonna take, and so I'm. So I'm trying to focus on what I can do. Yeah. And so hopefully I'll be able to get some art done. It's a good way and to think so, about it. Um, yeah. Maybe I should make a video hangout with some of those those artist friends that are feeling the same way. Maybe we can all get together and do something creative. You know, reach out to your creative friends because they're going through it too. And, you know, uh, but like I said, I'm just trying to focus on being grateful that none of us are sick. None of my loved ones are sick. And so um, my heart goes out to all the people who are actually dealing with people who are sick or who are you know critically ill or anything like that so i'm just grateful that's not happening and i should remain that way so yeah just trying to pass the time with like like you guys said reading cool stuff watching cool stuff and working in the yard and doing all that nice 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 Hey, we got a new Nine Inch Nails instrumental album. We got a new Pearl Jam I album. Know. I we mean, got some new music, yeah. So, cool I mean, all of that to. came out like today and yeah. yesterday, and so I'm excited to get involved in all that. I was scheduled to record vocals, and you know we can't do that, and so our album's like put on hold and everything. So my heart goes out to all the local bands who have been t- sort of waylaid yeah, by that yeah, too, a because lot of people yeah. sort of just don't know when this is even going to happen anymore. And yeah, I was talking about the uh, Side Street Steppers last week. They got all their gigs canceled and stuff like that. Yeah, so same, yeah, us too. We if got you a lot can, of gigs uh, if you can support local bands or local music, you know, definitely do that. And all the art, yeah. all the artists are having, you know, all the art markets are, have been canceled and stuff. So check in on all your musician friends and your artist friends. Yeah, <laughs> check in on those guys. Well. <laughs> and your hey. bartender friends and restaurant friends. Oh yeah. Yeah, get some yeah. stuff done and 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 do what you can. So another thing that I found, I found a message from Tristan Arfaro. It was meant for the podcast, but I, he sent it to my personal. This was back when we were talking about music for the different team members. And I thought this was a good thing to just kind of wrap it up with. And I can even put some little song clips in there. He said, I've been trying to think of songs that would be fitting for Hellboy in the extended universe. Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds, Red Right Hand for Hellboy. And I think they oh, use that for nice. the movie. It's like it's like almost that song is too perfect it's, for yeah, Hellboy, perfect. right? And then well, they he, use a co- they use a cover version for that in the movie. Oh, yeah. they did. It's not the original one. It's not Nick Cave. It's uh, I want to say Pete Yorn. Oh, okay. And he said, Firestarter by Prodigy for Liz. Oh, How come no one's thought oh, of that? Nobody thought of that it's yet. It's a little on the <laughs> nose. Oh, it's a good it's one. good, though. I think nose. it's a good one. Right. He said, Mermaids by Flight of the Concords for Abe. <laughs> that was a good one. Into my ears. Answers to questions I'm longing to hear Does it relax you to hear the sound of the land? Do you, a mermaid, have slightly wet the hands? And he said, actually, the Abe story where he meets the Mexican goat shapeshifters 
that bit where they're sitting around the campfire at night drinking beer. I can see them getting a guitar out and drunkenly singing this. And he posted Neil Young's Harvest Moon. Aww, yeah, we love that song. Oh, love that. That's a great song. We yeah. play that song at band practice sometimes when we're taking a break. Because I'm still in love with you I want to see you dance again Because I'm still in love with you On this heart Yeah. That's nice. So let us know if you have any suggestions of songs that would fit in with the BPRD crew. And I'd love to hear more of your ideas. So yeah, I thought that would be a fun thing to end on. So uh, like I mentioned earlier, we can only have one person on at a time um, for the episode. So I would love to have Mark and Matt on for Come at the Hour. But I think what we're planning to do is split up those episodes and we'll have Matt on for one and we'll have Mark on for the other. And that seems like a good compromise. So we'll be doing that coming up soon. I hope all of y'all are doing well. Reach out to us if you need anything. And try to keep some positivity in your life. Try and do some things that make you feel good. Uh, Take a break from social media every once in a while. Get off the phone every once in a while. I hope everyone's doing well. Get off scrolling through the... Don't don't be doom scrolling. Yeah. Basically is what he's saying. Get on the phone if you're reaching out to a friend. And if your brain meets start going to a dark place, please reach out. Yeah. People want... You're not a burden. It's okay to reach out to your friends or loved ones. Or whatever, it's cool to do that. Everyone's doing it. It's the it's the hip thing to do. Yeah. And I hope yeah. you guys enjoy this episode as we catch up with all of our listener feedback and get on track. And I thought this was just a good, hey, how's everyone doing kind of moment too. So, you know, we're all in this together and we'll get through this. And now Aubrey's going to say all the things. All right, everybody. So, you know, this is our listener feedback episode, and I'm just, you know, glad uh, you guys are still listening, and we love you guys. Please keep sending us the listener feedback. You can send us a Hey You Damn Guys at Club at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook at Hellboy Book Club Podcast, and on Instagram and Twitter at Hellboy Book Club. You can also find the Discord link, the reading order, Adam Hicks Chronology, Ryan Yule's art collection, the new one that just got added, the John, (laughs) rewind back to the beginning, you'll figure that out. Uh, All that's on our Facebook About section. As always, a special thank you to Paul von Garterharn for the amazing music. Always uh, thank you, Mark Trudell, for their help with the reading order, and John for the the editing. And thank everybody who's written in for the last week and everything. Thank you for your friendship. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, we love everybody. Thank you. You can find the podcast on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast from. Next week, we are reading BPRD, Come With the Hour Part 1, and Vavara, that evil little Russian girl. Yeah. <laughs> Another match track by Original Number. So, you know what to do. Pull out your back issues. Pull out your trades. Pull out your omnis. Good digitals. Don't go anywhere just (laughs) don't go anywhere you know but somehow get the issues and join us next week on the boy book club podcast thanks a lot for listening everybody i'm john salinas i'm danielle i'm matt trackman and i'm already loveless saying sitting here in my bunker here behind my wall my friends (laughs) all right (laughs) (laughs) employed